Welcome to the Ministry Mindset Podcast. The Ministry Mindset Podcast is designed to help people discover their God-given purpose and to learn to put that purpose into action. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Ministry Mindset. We're glad to have you all here. Today, we've got a great message planned. We actually have a panel we're going to talk a little bit with some of our first cohort who've gone through the ministry mindset and kind of get an idea of some of the things that they've learned, some of the changes that have happened in their lives. And, and it's real important to be able to see an opportunity for how this really plays out with real people. We've been talking for weeks now about each of the phases of the ministry mindset. And we just wanted to bring you an opportunity to hear from some of the folks that have actually gone through the program and talk about how God is changing their lives by helping them put their purpose into action. So I just want to welcome everybody. Tony Smith is back with me. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good to have you, Tony. Good to be here. Uh, we also have Pete Kennedy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good for you to be here. And Kevin Strickland, who stepped away for a second, but he'll be right back. And we have John Brandt. Hi, Tom. Glad to be here. It's great to have you here, John. All right. So the way this is going to work is, you know, I, I want to just have a conversation about how this program has had an impact in each one of your lives. Clearly, when I say ministry mindset for me, I, I get all excited and giddy about it because I know the work that it is and it's dear to my heart. But, you know, clearly I like to be objective. So <laughs> it's good to have objectivity. And so that's why we have our panel here. So most of you know Tony Smith already. So we're going to start with Pete and John, but I want you, can each one of you share just what you do in the world, what your job is, kind of how you got here and what motivated you to get involved in this program? So why don't you go ahead and start, Pete? All right. Just for reference, I'm 66 years old and five years ago, I was saved and that weekend I also signed up to volunteer to be an usher, and I was baptized just a few weeks later. So I'm very new to this new world. Outside of my faith in church, I've been in retail all my life and dealt with folks all different economic levels and uh, educational levels. When I'm at church, those differences disappear. It's just people. It's just people. Though That one-on-one -on -one interaction is so rewarding for me. Wow. I'm so glad to be here as part of this panel. Look forward to what the next chapter will bring. That's great. So John, tell us a little bit about what you do and why, why did you join the Ministry Mindset Project? Well, I'm recently retired. Um, I retired about four months ago from a second career. Uh, my first career, uh, I spent about 25 years in the military. Uh, the second career was about 20 years working as a human resource manager in nonprofit organizations. Uh, one of the reasons that I joined the Ministry Mindset was uh, to get some focus and figure out uh, what life is going to look like in retirement. And how about you, Kevin? Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm an environmental health and safety coordinator uh, for Meta, formerly Facebook. I've been doing been in that profession probably over thirty about thirty years. You wow. know, for various companies, that's what I've always done. Um, in terms of what I want to get out of this is just to help people. Something I've always done my entire life. That started out going to church, 
Yeah. You know, being told to go to church and in church, learn about helping other people and that someday you might need help yourself. So I've always volunteered for various organizations, everything from Salvation Army to homeless shelters. I did a big brother project one time, you know, like John said, kind of, I'm not yet retired, but my plan is retired this year, God willing. And um, at that time, one of the things I do want to do is more volunteer work. Well, I just got to say, it's it's really amazing to have you all here because the way this cohort kind of got started has its own interesting story to it. Kevin kind of has some responsibility in that. One Sunday morning, we were at church and Tony and I, as we were getting a ministry mindset program started, we started praying for who you know, God might help us to, to be able to meet, to reach and to minister to. And Kevin's a guy that used to sit behind me and still does kind of sit behind me every Sunday morning in church. And Kevin was real involved on the host team and was one of those guys that I didn't know his name probably for, I don't know, months before, you know, but we would. Nor are yours. (laughs) (laughs) But we would say hi every morning and, and chat. Once I got the book written, I talked to Tony and I said, you know, God's really laying this guy on my heart. We should give him one of these books and just see he'd be interested in maybe being a part of this. And so Tony actually took a copy of the book and gave it to Kevin one morning. And Kevin went back and started reading it. And I like the way you tell the story, Kevin, when you came, when you come back to church, because you didn't even know that I. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. When I was reading the book, I, you know, I went back, you know, they have the about the Arthur section of all on every book. And and I saw your picture and I said, uh, I think that's the guy that sits in front of me at church. (laughs) And I know that, you know, and Tony is always, you know, a lot of times sitting with him and his wife. So I thought, wow, that is, that is him, you know? And so then, then I knew who it was, you know, I knew your name and, you know, and it was just very, I don't know, uh, eye opening that, you know, I knew somebody that would write such a good book. It had a great impression on me. Mm-hmm. Your book did, I guess God put it on my heart to say, Kevin, go on Amazon and buy some copies, hand them out. That's what I did. I went on Amazon. I ordered 10 copies and they came in. I just at random handed them out to different people, men in the church. I gave it to them and then um, asked them to give me feedback if they liked it, finish it off, you know, and and whether or not they wanted to be, you know, to move further on. And some didn't, some did, you know, but, you know, that's the way it always is. And uh, at least they got the book and, you know, they they can get the value out of it if they take time to read it. Right. You know, so that's that's how it happened. And uh, I'm really, really happy, you know, that I did that. I've gotten to be really good friends with some of the people here, you know. Yeah, you see them at church, you know, you see a lot of people at church and you say, hi, how you doing? And, you know, I love you and you hug them and all that. But this is a little different, you know, there's a, there's a bond here that has developed. So that's a great value to me. And, you know, that money was well spent on those 10 books. Well, and what's great, too, is two of the other guys in this cohort right now were two guys that you gave a book to. Yep. And just one thing, some of the people that couldn't come, they had really good reasons, too. But, you know, some of them just work out of town a lot. Mm-hmm. Other words, you know, they have uh, family commitments. So, you know, I understood everyone, you know, why, right. why they couldn't. I'm just glad they got the book. Well, and, and I think I think some of those other folks want to be in another cohort. So mm-hmm. couldn't be in this one. Absolutely. So, that's great. All right. So I'd like to ask you, uh, each of you, a question related to some of the training we've had. Because we've had, you know, going through the Kazone experience, the personality test and training, the spiritual gifts uh, training we did, Clifton Strengths Finder training, uh, and then, of course, the ministry canvas. Every single training we did, there were these moments of epiphanies and aha moments that kind of sprung up for everybody. So starting with the Kazone experience, 
my first question for you all is what was the most impactful part of the Kazone experience training for you? And whoever wants to take it first. Uh, I've been through Kazone, I think three times now. Wow. And, um, Every time I, I'm able to re refine my purpose statement a little more and a little more and a little more. And uh, this time I, I think I finally nailed it down and it's, it's something that I can use in retirement. That's awesome, John. How about you, Kevin? As I look back on it here, I, uh, I would say that the biggest thing I got out of Kazone was when you see a problem and you come up with a solution, if you don't do it with some kind of process, if you will, or steps, you really are not ended up with the solution that you think you did, mm. you know? And, and that's one thing I got out of this was, you know, that, yeah, I want, you know, I want to help people. I want to help people do this. I want to help people do that. But there's a lot of steps that goes into that. You have to really, really dissect it and process it. And knowing, you know, being the person who you are from the consumer experience, then you just, you know, then you know that, Hey, you know, I look back on the solutions I thought that could have been. And when I look at some of the things that I got like a zone, it's two totally different things nice. and it's much more detailed. So if there's one thing I learned, the main thing I learned out of that, I guess that would be it. Great. How about you, Pete? What stood out for you? I think it's the first time that I actually wrote down what my purpose is. Wow. Uh, I'd, I'd never put that all together um, in the retail world there's business purposes in the spiritual world I never um, never realized that I've got a purpose and to put it down into words as I'm reviewing this right now um, it's amazing that my purpose statement for uh, that I wrote um, it's almost exactly the same as a mission statement, a, a, a purpose statement that I wrote uh, about a week ago, but I hadn't remembered that I had written this down. Wow. As I'm looking back at this, you know, it, it, what we're really focusing on is who we are, you know, what we consider most important in life, you know, and important people and ideas. And some of those really surprised me. Nice. So we also did the personality test where we did a revised version of the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And for those of you who've listened to that podcast episode and have been to our website, ministry-mindset.org, uh, we have, you know, training available there, but we actually go through a revised version of the Myers-Briggs type indicator called the Paragon Learning Styles Inventory. And the second thing we take everybody through in the program is that personality evaluation. And it's always interesting what happens, you know, when we start to think about our spiritual gifts and our purpose and, and, you know, we kind of start developing a statement that kind of focuses around our spiritual purpose and passion to then take a look at, okay, what's my personality type? What are my, these four letters mean and how does that impact my behavior? So what was one of the most surprising things you learned when we took the personality test? And you kind of got to see, you know, your label. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am an ENFJ or a teacher personality type. And it, I remember when I first learned my personality type, it was a significant surprise and, and epiphany for me because it very much explained who I am and why I do a lot of the things that I do. And I wish I'd have known that 
25 or 30 years ago because it would have saved me a whole lot of headaches. So uh, how about you, John? What was one one of the things that surprised you? Uh, I had taken the the Myers-Briggs quite a bit earlier in my career. I've taken it a couple of different times. And uh, interestingly enough, the score has never changed. Mm -hmm. I've always been an INTJ. I don't know. I've been described in the past as having a kind of a quiet leadership style, but effective. uh, And I think it really speaks to that score. Uh, One of the things I was most impressed with was how each of these different assessments uh, really mesh with each other Mm. uh, with Strength Finder and with the Spiritual Gifts Test. Right. Pete, how about you? I remember I remember your four letters. I've got my cheat sheet right here. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) INFJ, which talks about uh, my personality being an introvert as opposed Mm -hmm. to extrovert. Although you would think in retail, I'd be an extrovert. So much for that. (laughs) And I'm still learning more about these personality traits. My, My coach, Tony, has the same four letters. And so I'm trying to pick up a little bit more of what makes us more similar than different. Right. How about you, Kevin? What stood out for you? Yeah. Mine came out to be an I slash E S F J. Nice. Which was surprising to me. I definitely consider myself an extrovert and I still do. I'm not doubting the results of the test. There may be other instances or situations where I'm more of an, uh, sure. you know, an introvert, you know, so that came out. So um, that was a little surprising. Now the S portion, which is, you know, intuitive, sensate, that, right. that's definitely me. No doubt about that. Thinker, a feeler, F, yeah, I think so too. J, judger, perceiver, perceiver I'll agree with, but I have tested this in myself and really it is pretty accurate, you know, that, that portion of it. So um, that part of it was, the last part was more surprising than anything else. But uh, it definitely nailed definitely who I am. There's no doubt about it. Nice. You know, so, yeah, and I've taken these these uh, before. I wish I was like John. It's been so many years. We, we had them at work before we went through this model. It would have been interesting just to see if it was any different than what it is now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool when you kind of actually get to see, wow, so that's why I don't hang my clothes up or why, you know, I – categorize my short sleeves and long sleeves and my colors or why I don't make my bed in the morning or why I can't function in the morning unless I make my bed. I know we laugh about those kind of things, but uh, those behaviors come from some of the personality traits that we have. And, And it's funny for those of you listening out there to the podcast, you know, two of the panelists right now are introverts and when they walked in and saw the microphones around the table tonight they almost decided to walk out and go back to their car (laughs) so all right so after we got done with personalities we went to the clifton strengths finder 2.0 assessment so the strengths are based on that natural talent or those abilities that we have that kind of form those things that we excel at or do really, really well. And part of the philosophy of the Strengths Finder is helping people to recognize where they're strong and then invest in those strengths as opposed to spending time trying to build up or repair or remediate those areas where we might be weak. We will be much more effective when we invest in our strengths versus when we spend our time trying to remediate our weaknesses. So when we did that um, assessment with all of you, what were some of the kind of surprises that really stood out when you went through it? Why don't you start, Pete? 
What stood out first was uh, my top five characteristics or strengths. As, as I'm discovering all this, wow, I use every one of them in my retail world. Wow. I consider myself relatively successful in retail, and now I know why, because these strengths really help to make me a good leader. And then I started thinking about how I can use that in the next chapter of my life, where I um, discover my strengths and my, my purpose. Just to give you an idea, my number one strength is context. I enjoy trying to understand where people come from, where they're going, what their perspective is. Individualization, big word for me. <laughs> the uniqueness of people. Wow. Isn't that true? You know, everybody that you meet is so totally unique and adds something, adds value. Strategic. I love thinking of different ways to um, conquer a problem. There's, there's always... Uh, something that can make it easier and to to be the one that creates that I enjoy it arranger I'm a conductor so I've got my wand and I help the um, the musicians get in line and and really perform and intellection introspective appreciate the intellectual discussions I, I love hearing what people think and why they think it and if i can take all of these strengths and now translate it into my purpose watch out world here i come wow wow that's that's really powerful and it's really great when you know we go through and we look at all these and then suddenly we get the opportunity to to actually think about how does this translate into the context of what i do every day one of the things we talk a lot about in the ministry mindset program that I think is a little different than other types of training that focus on helping people that want to be doing ministry is we don't just look at ministry as another profession. For, I wrote this, I wrote about this in the book where I spent many, many years wondering, when am I going to go back to seminary? When's my big, that big opportunity going to come when I'm going to finally be hired to be in professional ministry? And but it, you know, ministry does not really become real until we start living the calling that God's placed in our lives to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ in our everyday lives, the jobs that we have right where we are. And so as you're talking about going to work and seeing, oh my gosh, this is, this is who I am and this is how I'm working at work. How, how has it made you more intentional at work, Pete? Well, the fact that I now understand why I do the things that I do, that it's just part of my nature, but um, it's that undescribable part of me that I didn't really recognize. I just went through life every day doing what I do. Now I understand why I do it, and I am so excited to now take this in my new purpose in life. That's awesome. How about you, John? Uh, something stand out for you with the Strengths Finder? Well, like Pete said, um, I recognized right off those were the things that made me uh, successful in both of my careers. 
the strengths that I have. Uh, I actually took Strength Finder a few years ago as well, uh, along with the Myers-Briggs, and it's such a valuable tool. I ended up using it uh, in, my, in my last job. I took our leadership team through the Strength Finder uh, assessment, and nice. the, the difference it made in our organization was just unbelievable. It, uh, it really helped us to put together more effective teams. Let's talk a little bit about the fourth piece or component, which is the ministry canvas. So the ministry canvas is really a template that we designed to kind of take an entrepreneurial approach to finding a way to solve a problem. And Kevin kind of alluded to that magic a little earlier in the conversation. And I'm going to go to you in a minute, Kevin, to talk about that. But there's nine boxes on the ministry canvas that walk through a, a problem recognition, discovery, validation, solution, validation, and then testing and implementation phase, if you will. And it's very similar to, for those of you who ever have studied the lean canvas model or um, lean management or the business, you know, building a business model, it's very similar in, in that approach. And so what we do is when we look at who we are, we look at our strengths, we look at our zone, we look at our spiritual gifts, we look at our personality, and we see how all those overlap and we start to kind of clarify, well, what is my purpose and what are my passions? What am I excited about in, in reference to God's kingdom? How, where do I work? What do I do? How's all that connected and related? This gives us the opportunity to hone in on really identifying a problem that we want to solve. Um, and that problem is becomes then theoretically kind of our ministry, right? So I wanted you to talk a little bit again, Kevin, when, when we went through the canvas training and you were going through those nine boxes, what was the takeaway for you? What stood out? Basically what I got out of it is, you know, if you're, if let's say you got a, let's say I want to help somebody, right? I want to help somebody. I want to help the homeless. Just to say that mm -hmm. just as an example before I had these tools before I learned these things about myself and be, Oh, that's easy. I'll just, you know, drop down the homeless shelter a couple times a week and, you know, help serve food, whatever. Right. You know, and maybe to, you know, talk a little bit to people, but this made me think a lot deeper than that. Is that really, if they're in a uh, cycle of poverty, for instance, you know, and they have children coming up and maybe in generation, their generations have been, you know, in a cycle of poverty, is that really a solution to mm -hmm. their problem? And the answer is no, you know, yeah, of course, food is important, right? We all right. have to, you know, eat, drink, but if we're going to break that cycle of poverty, you know, there are other things that, you know, you have to ex expand out on what you want to do. And especially for maybe the next generation coming up, you know, so, you know, you teach them skills, you know, you, you, you try to give them advice on what they should do to have a stable profession in life. Um, you educate them. Right. You know, um, you know, I went, I've helped with, you know, math. I'm good, real good at that. So I did schooling and you know, things like that. Give them the tools necessary. Try to lead them in the right direction so they can be successful um, in life and maybe break that cycle of poverty. So I guess that's the thing I got of it most. You know, it was just a simple solution right away. Okay. I got a problem here. Okay. Boom. Let's go do this. Right. But it's not like that at all. And it's not even like what I told you about, you know, getting, you know, getting them more educated and right. teaching them skills. It's just, you know, this is going to make me. Yeah, I think I expanded more by learning this, but I know there's so many more things that I can do to, you know, help make these people successful. 
Yeah. No. Because I'm really going to take the time to think about it. And what you're hitting on there, Kevin, is this idea that, you know, we see problems all the time. And, and when we're in the church and we're trying to serve, everywhere you turn in church, there's a problem. Somebody's got a problem, right? Yeah. Whether it is someone who's homeless or somebody needs, you know, groceries or there's, you know, someone who needs their grass mode or there's someone who's depressed or there's someone who's, you know, struggling with an addiction. And one thing about Western culture is we are really good at what I call, um, you know, quick, you know, shotgun solutions. And you're like, oh, you got a problem? Oh, I'll fix it. Uh, those of those of us who have resources, we just we can throw cash at something. We can go buy, you know, we just we can fix something right away. What the ministry canvas does, and that's I love that that is the the thing that really popped out to you is is the ministry canvas focuses you to say, okay, what is the problem? And then I have to ask the question, who's the audience that has the problem? And and is this really a problem or a symptom of a bigger problem? And it's like before I can before I go to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do to fix it. I've got to answer eight other questions, and and I've really I've got to validate that this problem really is a problem and understand the problem because uh, you know, this is, and this is one of the reasons why we have so many, and John can speak to this too. We have so many nonprofits out there nowadays doing things. And there are a lot of nonprofits out there doing things that the one thing they're really good at is not solving problems, but raising money. Right. And, and what they should be good at is solving problems. So, John, I want to talk, you talk a little bit about uh, your experience with the Canvas. Um, and the Canvas is, is a fantastic tool to use to, uh, to try and solve some of those problems because it does take you through a process of, uh, of getting a good uh, identification of what the problem is, who the audience is, uh, and what value we provide or whether we have any value at all to provide. Right. And if we don't, do we know somebody that maybe can? That's great. That's great. Um, you know, a lot of times we want to jump right to implementing without determining what a good solution might be right. and what the cost of that is, what activities are going to be, uh, do you need to come up with, um, what resources do you need. Again, for nonprofits, uh, obtaining resources is, is very difficult. A lot of times the money they raise is going to keep the lights on and the water bill paid. Right. Uh, they don't have a lot of resources for, uh, for, for well, a lot of nonprofits don't have resources for real large scale solutions. Mm -hmm. um, but it kind of forces you to look at all that before you even start implementing it. Uh, your chances of, of being successful by using the ministry canvas, I think, are a lot greater than if you didn't use it. Wow. That's great. Yeah, and just one thing you made me think about, John, was, you know, the value we provide, you know, as part of the ministry canvas. You know, I talked about, you know, teaching them math and, you know, giving them food, telling them what's a good career, what's a good stable career. That is about self-worth. That's what's being provided, mm. you know, trying to give them a sense of self-worth. It's not the education itself. It's not teaching them algebra or geometry right, or right. anything else. It's, you know, raising what, how they feel about themselves. So the real thing you're providing is giving them a sense of self-worth. Yeah. And, and what, for those of you listening, what Kevin is talking about is one of the boxes on the ministry canvas asks, what is the value that we can provide? And what's important about that is the value that we provide is not what is the activity or the, the, the thing we're going to do where, you know, we're not going to open a women's shelter. We're not going to you know, create a food pantry that those are activities that things we do, right? Value we provide 
is just that. What, based on my skills, my strengths, my talents, my personality, all this stuff that we have magically accidentally been talking about up to this point, right? What value can I provide to somebody in my service? And if it's self-esteem, if it's self-worth, if it's affirmation, if it's support, if, you know, the value that we provide is what determines what activities we end up ultimately doing, right? Because in a homeless ministry, there are a thousand different ways to, you know, to solve a problem. But if, if the outcome we've determined is really to, to solve the bigger, the bigger problem and not just the immediate problem, we have to understand what value we provide. Because if, if we serve in any area and we don't work in an area where our value is being communicated and making a difference, we will burn out. And we will lose motivation and we will experience a failure in a way that doesn't challenge or build us up. And that happens a lot. For those of you who've been in volunteer ministry before and you dread going to church anymore because you just are burned out, that is a problem. We, we don't want that. We're not teaching that in a ministry mindset. So how about for you, Pete, when you looked at the canvas for the first time, what's some of the things that stood out for you? You know, what can I possibly add to what the three of you have uh, said so far? My perspective is a little bit different as I was reflecting. The first thing that came to mind was at work, I am, for all intents and purposes, the CEO of my business. Mm, I go. identify the problem, identify solutions, what are the consequences, and I go through all these steps at home. When my, my, when my wife lets me, I'm the CEO at home. And when we have a problem, we identify what the problem is. We think of different solutions and what are the possible consequences of those solutions. In the ministry mindset, if I don't invest that same type of thought process, I'm doomed to be ineffective. Mm by having that um, big world outlook and consider all the different variables, if I don't do that effectively, I will not be as effective as I could be. Wow. So the three of you have been through a lot. We've, we've talked about a lot of things. We've covered a lot of ground in the last four months and, um, and you're not done, right? I mean, we still have some more work to do and, each of you are developing, you know, your canvas with, with a coach and, and, and we're coaching through this process. That's kind of the, the long-term phase is, is being able to come alongside and, and really kind of support each of you in finding that, that ministry, whatever that, whatever that is, right. That problem that we want to solve and then being supportive and helping, you know, to see those, those small little milestones accomplished in the way that we reach out. Because we know when, when we successfully identify a problem that needs to be solved, we understand our value, we understand all of who we are so that we can best be positioned in the place we need to be in order to make an impact, our success rate goes way up. And how do I know this is because I've been an entrepreneur and entrepreneurial coach for a long time, and this, this applies in the secular world. And that, I'm not saying that we're applying secular wisdom to spiritual things. Entrepreneurial thinking very much, in my, my opinion, 
is probably more biblical than it is anything else, <laughs> you know? But we, we are understanding what the wisdom of God looks like in our lives as, as men and women as we begin to understand how God has called us. Because God has called all of us. God may not have called you all to be pastors or evangelists or professional teachers, but even a man who's leading at a furniture store selling furniture has a has a mission field and a ministry and people that need to know Jesus right there. And I can attest that, you know, we're seeing we're seeing fruit of that happen and you're at your work right now, Pete, right? And and that's what this is all about. So um, as we wrap up this episode, if there's one thing that you'd like to tell anybody listening to this podcast about the ministry mindset, what would it be? Let's start with you, Kevin. It's really easy for me. You know, if you want to really find out who you are, how you can be most effective with whatever you do, whether it be at home, whether it be at work, whatever it be, I would strongly urge you to go through this process. You may think you know who you are and you're going to be right about some things, but there's going to be some things that are going to surprise you. And those are the things, if you start to work on those, it will make you a better person, stronger, more effective um, person in your family and in your professional life. How about you, John? Uh, I wish I would have had this 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've done a lot of uh, different leadership and, and management classes, assessments. I've done things through the church. I've done things through my employer. Um, this is probably, well, not probably, it is the most complete package of spiritual and, 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 and mental development that, uh, that I've ever been a part of. Wow. Uh, you learn so much about yourself. Uh, what makes you effective, uh, what things that maybe you need to work on a bit, and, and what's going to make you successful not only in your personal life, but in your spiritual life as well. Wow. And how about you, Pete? Well, I'm not that great at uh, speaking off the cuff, and I th thought that maybe I should write down my thoughts. So here we go in 60 seconds or less. The ministry mindset for me is a roadmap. It's a cookbook. It's a how-to manual. After committing my, my life to Jesus, I wasn't sure what to do next. I started reading my teaching Bible, I got baptized, and I began serving as an usher at my church. But I still felt like I was missing something, something big. I needed a roadmap, I needed a cookbook, I needed a how-to manual. I needed to understand my strengths, and my purpose. I was introduced to Tom uh, by Kevin. Um, Kevin, I was the recipient of one of those books that uh, Kevin had given out. And I opened it up and slowly I discovered that this was the piece that I, that was missing, that I really needed. I've discovered that it is an amazing blessing to be able to be a blessing to others. I discovered that my God-given purpose is a lifelong journey, not a destination. I read a couple times Tom Darling's purpose statement, and his purpose statement is to empower people to take meaningful action in their personal, professional, and spiritual lives. And so as I read that, I thought, okay, that covers his um, spiritual life, his professional life, his home life. And 
Tom has challenged me to write my own purpose statement, and it's still work in progress, but um, I feel very strongly about this, that my purpose is to encourage persons within my sphere of influence to recognize their God-given strengths, to embrace those strengths, and then to encourage them to live out their purpose in the name of God. And I want to thank you, Tom. Wow. That's amazing. Excellent, I shall say. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I just want to say that, um, and I don't know if you all can hear that out there for those of you who are listening to this podcast, but you know, this, this is what happens when you take the opportunity to, to learn and go deep and, and recognize there's no magic in this. And serving Christ is not about a pinnacle that we reach, um, a place of high-level maturity where we graduate in our faith. Somebody who just accepted Christ yesterday can have just as much of an impact in other people's lives than somebody who's been a Christian for 30 years. The point is, God, use me. Here I am. Send me. Use me. Help me to be able to make a difference in other people's lives. And I just want to thank each one of you gentlemen for being on the being on the podcast this week and for sharing, taking a, taking a moment to share with each of us what what you've learned as part of this process and how these things have you know kind of made a difference in your walk and being able to encourage others that are also trying to figure out how can I simplify and uncomplicate what it means to serve Christ and to be able to put my purpose into action. And if you don't know what your purpose is yet, that's exciting. I know it's not exciting for you, but it's exciting for us because we can help you. We, we can help you. We've, we have all of this training put together in a way that you can go through the ministry mindset program. Now, the three gentlemen that are here with us today have gone through this program face to face in real time. And we do that. Uh, we also do that online with individuals, and we also have all of this content digitally so that for those folks that want to be able to go through this and start going through it on their own in the middle of their busy schedules um, can start to do that. And then we actually provide live coaching to come alongside of all those folks. So you can visit our website at, at www.ministry-mindset.org. And there's a lot of information there and there's links to all of how to get started. Also, we have a video on that website that kind of talks about what the program is. Uh, you can log on and listen to our, the rest of our podcast. If you stumbled upon this podcast, we have lots of episodes that go through and talk about the ministry mindset. And we also talk with people that are doing creative things out there, just normal people in the church walking in Christ, doing simple, normal things to make a difference in other people's lives. Uh, for those of you who don't have a copy of the ministry mindset, uh, the book, I highly recommend that you go and get that. It's available on amazon.com in print or in digital form. It's $12.99. You can download it today. It's a little cheaper if you download it or you can order it. It's, it's it comes prime. So you'll get it in, in two days. And that's really the starting point is reading that book. I talk a lot about my journey in there, but we talk about how all these pieces kind of fit together. And that is what kind of kicks off this process. And, you know, this is one of those stories we're going to be telling for a long time, Kevin, you know, mm -hmm. someone read the book, got inspired and, and got, in, got inspired and went out and bought 10 copies and just gave them away. And, and now we have, you know, people that are out there looking how to serve God 
as a result of, of a very simple and small form of ministry, which is what you did too, Kevin. I'm grateful. Yeah. And, and so am I. So, and so am I. Thank you. Yes, we are. You're very welcome. So I just want to thank all of you for being here. Tony, I want to thank you for being here. Tony's been sitting there quietly kind of uh, watching from the back. Tony and I have been on this journey working on this from the very beginning. So anything you want to say as we leave, Tony? Uh, you guys impress me. Just, it's amazing when you think about all the work that we've done. And sometimes Tom and I look at each other and we get frustrated because we don't really know what's really going on behind the scene. And then when we get you guys here, start talking about this, all of a sudden the reality is, oh my God, God is working in this ministry. People are really, their lives are changing and it gives me just absolute joy. And I'm humbled and it's just great just to be part of this ministry. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us this week. We will be back in a couple of weeks for the next podcast episode, and we'll see you again on the Ministry Mindset.